If I had to guess, I'd be willing to bet you got into business because you thought it'd be fun and you believe in it. Yet it's almost funny, like laughing through the tears, what a roller coaster ride it can actually be. And while it certainly isn't for the faint of heart, I don't buy into the idea that self-sacrifice is a requirement for success. So today we're diving into how to let go of the shoulds and design your business in a way that works for you. We discuss exactly what it means to take a human first approach to business and how prioritizing your own well-being has everything to do with your results. If you're someone who is ready to overcome the exhausting cycle of perfectionism and procrastination, or flat out just enjoy your business more, this episode is for you. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Pascal Cote. Pascal is a coach for artists and creative entrepreneurs that want to find focus and free up space for their slow and creative living. She's also the host of the Change Your Latitude podcast, a podcast where she shares guidance on navigating the anxieties we can often encounter on the entrepreneurial and creative path. Her mission is to help her clients and listeners slow down, step away from hustle mode, embrace who they truly are, and learn to trust themselves in art and business. Pascal, welcome to One Simple Chef. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on the show. So I read your bio, but I would just love to hear in your own words. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Absolutely. So I'm a coach for artists and for creative entrepreneurs. So typically I work with my clients to support their business growth, but also their mindset and their creative practice. So, you know, the creative path is a very unique one with its own unique challenges. So my approach is really tailored to what my clients typically struggle with as being an artist or creative entrepreneur, which is usually perfectionism and procrastination and the fear of being seen or imposter syndrome. Uh, So we spend a lot of time together to make sure we find what works for them and not what they should be doing and what looks good, but what actually works for them. Uh, Most of them are highly sensitive as well. So we spend a lot of time as well to manage their energy so that they can actually have all the energy that they need for their creative practice. Um, so I blend a lot of different tools, uh, with coaching, energy work, uh, therapeutic art practices, um, and I help them find what works for them and manage their energy. Oh my gosh. You and I totally have this in common because I think that, as you know, the creative entrepreneurial journey is so filled with shoulds. And mm-hmm. this online space is not short of other people you can look at, other people you can look up to, the comparison that seeps in there, and feeling like there is one certain way to run a business. 
which really ultimately leads to this feeling that you're never getting it right. You're never enough. You're never on the right track if we're not careful to be watchful of those thoughts, if we're not actively doing the mindset work to shift those. So I just love how you talk about releasing the shoulds and the judgment there and embracing what works for you, what feels good to you and following the journey that is actually your path and meant for you. Because I honestly believe that is the thing that always is going to yield the best results. So I just love how you mentioned that and how you talk about that and how that's such a part of your mission there. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. I think there's no right or wrong in business. Well, if you ask me, I think it's just what works for you and what doesn't. And sometimes it takes a bit of time to actually find what works. uh, And it just requires you to be very, very curious about who you are and what you want and what you need. And sometimes it doesn't really look what entrepreneurial should look like. uh, But if it works for you, then then that's great. And that's why we we kind of spend a lot of time together when I work with my clients on their identity as an mm. artist, but also as an entrepreneur in their business. Um, so depending on what they resonate with, we usually take a look at their astrology, their human design, their life story, or their cultural background to kind of extract some information so that we can use it to design their business, their schedule, their creative practice in a way that just helps them find a bit more ease and focus, especially when your creative mind, your mind goes all over the place and you have a lot of different ideas. So it's very important to kind of ground them back into what actually matters so that you don't get scattered in many different directions and lose your focus. Ooh, I love that. So can you tell me a little bit about your creative journey? I know that you have a podcast that is all about really embracing like a life by design. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you designed your life and how you ended up where you are today? Of course. Um, well, it wasn't linear. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started my career in marketing and advertising just because uh, I have this very business side of me, but I have this very artistic side of me. And I thought advertising would be a good fit. It wasn't. But uh, I started my career there. And uh, well, I quit the corporate world about seven years ago now. Um, And it it wasn't because I wanted to build a business or kind of have an empire or whatnot. It was just honestly to build something that could support the life that I wanted and who I was and how I function. So it was really more out of survival instinct. So there's nothing sexy in my story, but that's the truth. Um, and so I'm I'm an artist. I'm highly sensitive. I'm also prone to depression and I have to deal with anxiety issues. So honestly, the, the way the corporate world was set up for me couldn't really allow me the space I needed for seasons in my life where maybe the anxiety is a little higher or... Um, I just honestly wanted to manage my time and my energy in a way that could um, just provide the space that I need to be able to create and stay inspired and stay calm. Uh, And I work really fast as well. So staying at work from, uh, well, in advertising, it was from eight to eight. (laughs) I just... Yeah, uh, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so that's basically it. I don't have a sexy entrepreneurial story. Honestly, I just, uh, I, I, I needed to design my life around who I was and I still am and, and how I function. So how, how I move through a day or a week or a month and kind of really 
take advantage of any kind of energy flow I'm in. So just to make sure that I can um, stay as much as I can in that creative flow so I can actually create and not feel drained all the time. <laughs> totally. I mean, I mean, you said it wasn't a sexy entrepreneurial story. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, to a certain extent, I get that. But I think that, you know, there's something about designing a business that is attuned and aligned to your energy that I think is sexy, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's, to an extent, that's what we're all going for is having the business that actually feels good to be in that actually supports the life that we want. And I think, you know, that is the sexy part. Like that is the exciting mm -hmm. result because ultimately what's that expression? It's like the way you live your days is the way you live your life. I forget who says it, but I think that that's like, that's what comes to mind for me there. When you talk about how you ended up on this entrepreneurial path, it's, it's just that you wanted a business that felt more aligned to who you were that suited your lifestyle that felt like you could manage your energy and I think that is the sexy result quite mm -hmm. frankly no you're right you're right and I think part of it was not conscious I think I wanted to free up time but I, seven years later like for me energy is even more important to just be mindful of the kind of energy I'm in and just use you know for example if I'm in a productive energy or I need some rest or I am very creative. I try to schedule things around that so that I can just stay as, as focused as I can and, and just uh, use my energy wisely. But at, at the beginning, it was more to free up time. But now I see it differently. Like energy is definitely my most precious resource. And it's the case for my clients as well, um, especially when, you, when you're creative and, and an artist. Totally. I think that that is just so key. And I think because energy is such an important part of running your business, it, it does become your most valuable asset to a degree, right? I think that this is something that's almost shifted for me throughout my business journey is I think I used to think, especially because I have a background in branding and design. So, so much of my work was tied up in, you know, either retainer work where you're you know, exchanging time for money, essentially, or like design projects, which are just like big chunks of time. And a lot of <laughs> goodness, every design project was like birthing a new brand into the world, you know, <laughs> like, it felt like a, a complete like undertaking. But I think I was so used to that kind of exchange that in that stage of my business, time did feel like the most important asset. It felt like the most precious resource. And I think that's something interesting that has shifted for me over the course of my business, because now it definitely does feel like my energy is my most important resource, because that's almost something that like you can't get more of, right? I know we all have 24 hours in a day, right? But like, I think to a certain extent with time, you can move things around. You can shift your priorities. If I really wanted to do something, I could move the workout to a different day or do a shorter one or whatever, right? So there was just like a lot more flexibility there to like manage my time in a way that suited me. But I think that when it comes to energy, it's like, if I don't have the energy to do something, it's like, it's not getting done, right? Like, it's not like I'm going to, apart from like taking a nap sometimes, there's not a whole lot of ways for me to like revamp that or like get back into that place. Like it pretty much is what it is. 
And I think that's just been such an interesting shift because knowing when I have the most energy or when I have the best energy and following those things that light me up in the moment when they do light me up has been just like such a big difference for me as my business has grown because you're you're totally right. Like that has become the most important thing. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's just very, very important to be mindful of what drains your energy and what recharges your energy like at any point so that whenever you're conscious that you're doing something that drains you and it it's not always negative you know just uh mm-hmm. for example having a podcast interview maybe it's draining for you for example so to just be mindful of well later I'm just going to do something that recharges me so I can stay in balance and not kind of completely drain out my energy tank and it it eventually like you said it's just if you don't have the energy then nothing gets done uh whereas like if you are very very mindful of how you manage it sometimes you can end up doing things faster and then you free up more time so it's like a yeah there's a direct link there Oh, so good. So I know that you really believe in a human first approach to business and I'm totally on board with you here. So can you talk to me a little bit about building a business that prioritizes your well-being and kind of how you suggest your clients go about this? Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, it's, it's like you said, it's really about prioritizing your, your well-being before anything and just being overdoing. Part of it is definitely being mindful of how you manage your energy, especially if you're a sensitive person, uh, which is the case for most creatives and, and artists, because that that's a gift, you know, having that sensitivity. It helps you see things people don't see or feel people don't uh, feel things that people don't usually feel. But it also has its downside because you kind of uh, get drained easily and you can be prone to burnout uh, that way. So being mindful of your energy is definitely a huge part of having this human first approach. Uh, but also, like I mentioned, being very aware of who you are. So your identity, so how you function, uh, what you want and what you actually need to be able to support you is extremely important so that you can just stay mindful and intentional and, and focused uh, as much as you can. Definitely. Oh, I love that. So if someone is looking to get into this work more, if they're looking to really understand how their energy best works or when they have the most energy or just kind of like looking to design their business in a way that does feel aligned with those values and the life they want to create, are there like actionable steps they can take? Is there a journal exercise you would recommend? Like where can they get started with that? Or as well, many, many different ones. Uh, I'll get into some specific tools um, in just a moment, but I would really encourage people to just get very curious at first without looking into any specific tools and just maybe grab a journal and track anything, their emotions, their energy, how they move through a day and kind of have like a, a tracking system on a daily basis to see and to, to kind of visualize how uh, their energy moves through a day or a week or a month. Uh, you can track the lunar cycle. You can track your menstrual cycle if you want. There's so many things that you can be curious about. But first, uh, I would just encourage them to have a journal close by and, and write down the day or, or their week and 
the kind of emotion that they're in or the energy level and kind of be curious over a, a period of a few months. If there's a few different things that keep coming back, then maybe it's an indicator of how you should kind of use this information to design your schedule. You could definitely look at astrology or human design is actually something that could be interesting as well to see uh, how you should be using your energy. But I would definitely encourage them to first be very curious, like intuitively what happens and then maybe look at some tools to see if it can help. Uh, but then kind of using this information to see, well, I have this project coming up. Uh, maybe you can just divide some of those tasks by the type of energy. So some tasks are more creative, some tasks are more maybe mindless or productive or focused, depending on the project that you're in and kind of see where you want to put it during a week or a day so that you can actually do tasks that are a good fit for the energy that you're in. And of course, it takes a lot of time and, and tracking, but eventually it's just very, very, very helpful. Totally. I think like the thing that I have found is that there, there will be patterns, right? And I think that's essentially mm -hmm. what we're looking for here, right? We're looking for I know that I can accomplish X task best in the morning. So like for me personally, I know that I do my best writing in the morning. That's like prime time for me to like write, feel like I'm really in flow there, feel like I'm like, I can like get things done. If I try to write anything later on in the day, I feel like it takes me three or four times as long mm -hmm. simply by way of like not, not being in it, right? Like feeling like I have that brain fog, feeling like the right words aren't coming, feeling like it's just like everything feels that much harder, right? So I think like for me, just knowing that has made it so much easier for me to like plan my schedule, plan my energy, know that, you know, that is prime time for writing. So if anything has to happen like that, like first thing is like always the best. And those are the kind of patterns that I think most people find is like certain tasks are well suited to certain times of day or certain, um, it's funny you mentioned like the lunar cycle or planning around your cycle. And I've had multiple clients mentioned this to me recently is that like, they always find themselves like drained around a certain time of the month. And I said like, okay, but is that like something that we're actively mm. tracking? Because I think like the, I'm like going off on a tangent here, but I think the pattern we, we get in is like making ourselves wrong for those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when that comes up, we feel like, oh my gosh, like I should have more energy. I, this should be happening faster. This should be, you know, easier essentially. Right. And then when we make ourselves wrong for that, we just feel like we're kind of like messing up business as a whole, or we feel mm -hmm. like we're just not doing it right. Which of course, isn't going to make us want to take more action or do more in my, our business, or even just like show up quite frankly. So I think that that's what comes up for me there is like, I think the certain amount of tracking that you're talking about here is almost that permission piece. And it's the permission to like actually align your tasks with your energy. So if you know that there is just like one time during a month where you're just not feeling it, or you tend to find it more difficult to show up in your business or whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you, just having that awareness gives you that permission to be like, okay, it's just this one finite 
amount of time rather than feeling like it's going to stretch on and on and on and on (laughs) forever, because chances are that is not the case. But when you are in that moment, it can totally feel like my energy is drained. It's been drained for the past week and it's never coming back, which which isn't necessarily true, but it can totally feel that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, do you agree? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I agree 100 percent. And I think, you know, it's it's a simple tip. It seems like the for sure, but we usually don't do it. We force ourselves to, like you said, right at the end of the day when we don't have any energy and we should have done it in the morning, we force ourselves to do it. Um, maybe because we are not even conscious of it or mindful of it or other things. It's just because it, it looks good or it, it sounds good to do a certain thing, but it just doesn't work for us. So we're just forcing ourselves and draining ourselves to do something at a specific time that just doesn't make sense for us. So just bringing that curiosity is extremely important and kind of releasing that judgment around whatever we're doing is key because honestly, when you have judgment around something, you're holding on to something and it's just very, very, very tricky to let that go. So for me, one of the the most important mindset shifts that I had in my journey and also that is extremely helpful for my clients as well is to bring that sense of curiosity. Um, and so You know, when I condense everything that works for me and for my clients, whether it's a strategy or a tactic or a habit or shifting a mindset blocks, it always comes down to curiosity in some some way. So releasing that judgment so that you can really embrace who you are really and what you want and what you need so that eventually you can allow yourself to find what works for you. And it takes time, you know, there there's also this narrative of things need to happen very fast. So we're looking for the blueprint and for Mm. the way to get it done fast, but it just, it's not a sustainable way to approach it. So maybe it it works for some people, but specifically for, for the people that I'm working with, which are creative and and sensitive and want a slower pace of life, this, this kind of approach doesn't work. So we kind of spend a lot of time at the beginning to align them to I get curious about really what would work for them and kind of implement some things and course correct. But for me, it's really the only way of making it sustainable. So again, bringing that curiosity is is extremely, extremely important. Oh my gosh. So I love that. But one thing that came up for me there that I think is super interesting to look at is you mentioned how we we have this narrative that like things should be happening faster. Like mm-hmm. it should be happening quicker. We almost want like the easy button there where it's like, well, what do I do to make this work faster? Mm-hmm. And something that I think is interesting that I know I've definitely experienced and it definitely comes up for my clients is almost this per- sense of perfectionism and procrastination that actually tends to hold us back and make things slower <laughs> and take mm-hmm. longer. Um, so I'm just so curious to hear your thoughts on that because to me those feel like two like very contradictory ideas but I think that it's totally both right like I've totally found myself in both where it's like you know I want it to happen faster I want to hit that income goal faster I want you know X clients to sign faster, but at the same time, it's it's looking at every little thing and needling every little thing and procrastinating the things that are actually going to move the business forward. And and it's just so interesting how we can live on like both sides of that. So I'm curious to hear your take there. Oh, absolutely. I think there there's this narrative of 
like I said, things need to happen very fast and things need to be comfortable as well, which is really not the case. You know, this, this path is never really comfortable. You get more resilient, you know, things, mm -hmm. you, you don't necessarily get rid of, of certain things. You just become a bit stronger, but you have to allow yourself to, to build that resilience. And when you're always in a rush and trying to, you know, speed things up and that you're, you're, it doesn't really work, then that's, that's usually what causes this procrastination because, you know, procrastination is not about time management. It's really emotional management and it's just mm. avoiding any negative emotion. So when you're, you put yourself in that, in that place where you're expecting from yourself to know things that you haven't learned yet and you're speeding things up, then it really affects your self-esteem And then you end up not doing what you should be doing because it's scary and you don't want to really feel like, you know, like crap. So it's, it's really a vicious cycle and perfectionism and procrastination are, are really linked together. Um, if the listeners are interested by that topic, I would highly recommend to check out Brene Brown's uh, research. It's extremely uh, interesting how she, um, she makes you understand um, why perfectionism is linked to shame And it's really more about never enough than it is about, you know, getting to a perfect result. Because often we don't really know what right or perfect would look like. We just are in this um, mindset that it's we're not doing enough and we're not there yet. So it's a it's kind of like a hamster wheel of always thinking it's never enough. And it's it's really, really exhausting. So definitely this idea of hustle culture, speed feeds into that perfectionism, which feeds into that procrastination, which just drains us because procrastinating is exhausting. It's not like you're resting, you're actively avoiding something and kind of, you know, doing a lot of busy work because a lot of us are a busy procrastinator. We're going to find anything not to do something that scares us. So it's just a very vicious draining cycle that, uh, that is just important to be aware of, not judge. It's, okay, if, if you're stuck there, I don't want people to, to judge themselves for that. But just get curious, like, what actually am I avoiding right now by procrastinating? Just have a conversation with yourself. There's nothing to judge. There's just a lot of things to get curious about. Eventually, you'll be able to kind of navigate this. I don't want to say overcome or get rid of it because it just, it comes back. Like I said, sometimes you kind of work through a layer of a mindset block and it just comes back in another level. But at the same time, you have to allow yourself to build that resilience. And, and the way you do it is to really get curious and put yourself in, in a position where maybe you're growing out of your comfort zone and slowly, slowly but surely building and not rushing through things. While we're on the topic of designing your business in a way that works for you, I wanted to take a second and pop in here and remind you that sales is not exempt from this. Selling in a way that feels good to you is one of the most important shifts you can make in your business. And doing this underlying thought work is what supports my clients in getting incredible results. Like one client who just landed a 15K project, their highest paying one yet. 
If you're looking to create bigger results in your business and do it in a way that feels really good to you, join me for my free Sincere Sales Coaching Call. Together, you and I will get to the root of your biggest mindset challenge around sales so you can shift it and you can start closing more of them with more ease. Grab your spot at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales because I only do a few of these each week and you'll want to be sure to grab yours. So something that I really find interesting about procrastination that you mentioned is how draining it is and how much energy it actually takes. And this is something that I see all the time in new entrepreneurs. And this is something like I can raise my hand and say I have wholeheartedly experienced. But I really think that the majority of the struggle (laughs) that I had when I was pivoting from design to coaching was this procrastination that I had. And it showed up for me typically around writing content, which is funny to say now, because like writing content is like one of my favorite things to do. But I think that it used to show up in that way because it was something I was so afraid of sharing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was so afraid of using my voice. I was so afraid of basically like fucking it up, (laughs) like saying the wrong thing, people not thinking I was like qualified or credible or didn't agree or like the whole host of worries that are in our head whenever we're taking any of those actions in our business that make us more visible, that allow people to know what we do and how they can work with us. So I had so much fear around that, that I think it really did show up in this form of procrastination because I would go through my weeks and I would be like, oh my gosh, I have to write that content. I have to write that content. I have to write that content. I have to record that podcast episode. I have to do the, whatever it was. And it became this like constant, I have to do something. And I was constantly pushing off the thing I had to do. But like you mentioned, that is extremely draining. And to the point where I don't think we know how draining it is until Mm -hmm. it's not, (laughs) until we're not doing it anymore, because that's what it took for me until I decided, no, it's safe for me to use my voice. It's safe for me to get visible. Like this, this is actually all okay. And I did a ton of journaling around that, a ton of mindset work around that, a ton of just like, you know, genuine practice too, because sometimes it truly is the actions that help to fully get our mindset on board. So we can get our mindset like 80 to 90% of the way there. Mm -hmm. But until you're like actually taking the action, sometimes things don't actually shift. So that's what I experienced around writing content was that once it like wasn't a thing anymore, once it wasn't a thing I was constantly avoiding, I was like, oh my gosh, look at all this time I have. Like, look at, look at how much more space I have in my schedule. And it was really remarkable. Like, I think sometimes these things are hard to understand when we're explaining them. Sometimes you actually have to experience it to like understand where we're coming from here. But seriously, if you are finding yourself like, so busy, so overwhelmed, like just unable to like fit it all in. I, I would be willing to bet that it's more of an emotional exhaustion than Mm. it is that there's actually too many things on your plate. So I would really get curious with that. I would really look at, am I pushing this thing off? Does this feel like an intense or heavy task? And that's why it's 
feeling so emotionally draining to be in my business because this is something that was such a game changer for me. Once I realized that I was just making it 10 times harder to actually take the action by pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off, it was like this whole world opened up where I had so much more time and space and the action itself was just easier to take because I would just do it and I would knock it out and it wouldn't be a big thing. So I think that this is something that's like super interesting to look at. Um, So if anyone is like curious about that, definitely like, definitely look at that. Definitely go there. Like, are you procrastinating things or are you trying to perfect it beyond like a reasonable measure? And is that actually the source of that dream? Yeah, exactly. And and I want to mention without judgment, just a lot of compassion, like don't mm. judge yourself for procrastinating. We all do that. It's oh, like, totally. there's so many things that are scary in having a business. So it's absolutely normal. And like hearing your story around this, like I feel the reason and let me know, but I feel the reason why you were able to eventually navigate this is because you were curious about like what actually is preventing me from writing that content. Oh, it's because I have this, maybe this fear of being visible or being vulnerable or sharing this. So you did a lot of, like you said, journaling and mindset work around that. Eventually it shifted. Um, But I feel like it's it's extremely draining to be procrastinating because it's not as if you're not doing anything else. Like, especially when you're an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure a lot of us are very driven. So we're doing a lot of different little things, but they don't always matter. And let me know if you agree with this, but I just feel like we have this, this idea of business is supposed to be complicated and hard and we have to Mm. do a lot of things to grow it and to create results, which for me is not necessarily true. Like for me, it's just, Be very clear about what you want and what you need to do to get there and be very, very focused on doing those things. And and usually it doesn't take that much time. It's just some of those tasks are are scary. So we just kind of fall into the trap of procrastinating. And that's where we kind of get in that overwhelming, vicious cycle. And and eventually our head is not really clear to see like what's actually happening. But if you break it down and you get some perspective on how you should grow a business in a sustainable way. It's not that complicated. It doesn't need to be a struggle or to be complicated or to do a lot of things. You just need to be extremely intentional about those things that, that will move the needle. But it's just, it happens that some of those things are scary. (laughs) I freaking love that. Like I wish I had the sound clip of that so we could replay that, but I think it's so true. And what you said about it's not actually that complicated. So get very clear and get very focused on what it is that you want and what you need to do to like take those actions. Of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but I think like that is just gold right there because it's so true. And it's like we we almost want it to be harder. And I think that Mm -hmm. this is honestly some of the hardest work I think we'll do is like Mm -hmm. actually, (laughs) actually allowing it to be simple, actually allowing it to not be overcomplicated. And this is something that I've definitely been up against, like, goodness, at every stage of my business, but especially Mm -hmm. as it's grown, because it always feels like it needs to like, 
one of my core mindset things is never feeling like it's enough or never like mm. never feeling like I'm enough, I'm doing enough, like all like enoughness is a total thing for me. And this is something I've been up against at every next level of my business is that allowing it to be simple because when it starts to feel comfortable, all of a sudden I'm like, well, it's not enough. I need to layer on another thing. It needs to be mm-hmm. another, you know, another strategy, another program, another whatever, right? Like whatever my brain makes up that given day. And it's super interesting because I have enough perspective at this point to know that this is something that I do and a pattern that I have. So it's just about like returning to that when I notice myself doing that, like, no, this is actually your goal. These are actually the steps you need to take to get there. Not saying I can't ever layer other things in, but I think that it's one of those things where we do, we just want it to be so much harder than it actually is. And when you can get clear on that and let it be simple, it's actually just so much easier to create results from that place. Oh, absolutely. Just like you said, allowing it to be simple. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's <laughs> no. defin- it can definitely be simple. It's not that complicated, but it, it, it's quite tricky to allow it to be simple. E- even if like most people I talk to, they want to find more ease in their business, but it's just there's this underlying narrative of things need to be hard and I need to struggle to create results that doesn't really match. So we have to kind of work around that, that story and rewrite it in in a way that supports them. And like you said, like once you know what you want and you get clear on the steps to get there, it's actually pretty simple. But if ever, you know, the listeners are just not clear about the steps to get there, then I would just encourage them to really be honest about are you clear about what you want? Because in in some cases, I feel some people don't necessarily ask themselves this question. Maybe they they kind of run with uh, another version of success or another version of, of freedom based on what they see other people do, but it's not necessarily what they want. And that's that's what's making it very difficult to know how to get there, right? Ooh, okay. Let's go deeper on that. I know we're like mm. almost at time, but totally worth the detour here. So, so talk to me more about that. Like, what do you suggest for people who are looking to get clear on what their version of success looks like? Because I totally 100% agree with you here, but I think that, you know, having that inner compass to actually remind ourselves like what is true to us, what success looks like for us. Like that is not always an easy skill to cultivate. And I'm just so curious what you suggest so that we can really hone that skill over time and really just make the right decisions for us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uncomfortable. You know, there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt around like doing what you actually want to do and owning what you desire because for for many reasons the way we've been conditioned in the traditional way of living and working it's it's just not necessarily uh, aligned to having your business and and doing something because you want to do it and just not not just for money or different reasons so there's a lot of shame and guilt like i said around just owning what you desire so just getting there to to really sit down with yourself and ask yourself these questions is is not easy it's uncomfortable there's many ways that you can just support yourself through that maybe some guided meditations to help you kind of uncover your vision maybe you can 
sit down and create a vision board. Maybe you can just journal about certain things. There are many different tools that you could use, but it's not something where um, it's not natural, I find. So it takes a bit of time to just allow yourself to receive that vision and to to kind of connect with what you actually want. Uh, and once you do that, then there's another layer into working through this shame and this guilt. But I would say journaling for sure is really helpful. Uh, guided visualizations are helpful. Uh, just getting curious and doing a playful activity as well. So not overthinking it, but maybe you unplug the Wi-Fi and you do a collage or go through some some photos to just see maybe the feeling in the photo that you're trying to cultivate. So not necessarily what it looks like, but just the feeling of it. Um, you can paint, wh- whatever helps you. But really getting clear on what you want is just, it's key. It's the first step. Like sometimes we skip that. And like I said, we kind of run with someone else's definition of success. So eventually it just uh, catches us and we realize, well, I've been working very hard on someone else's uh, dream there. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's not very helpful. Very draining. Well, I think that that's like, that's kind of the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that to a certain extent, and this goes back to the overall shift we're talking about here, which is really Mm -hmm. like releasing the shoulds and the judgment and getting curious about it. But I would just get so curious about what that version of success looks like for you. Because I think like, you know, to, to both of our points there, like it looks different for everyone. And I think that you know, the, the version of success for someone who is a mom and an entrepreneur and only wants to work a, a very limited number of hours per week is just going to look completely different than someone who is single and just wants to work from like whatever beach and, you know, can travel all the time and like really doesn't mind putting in the time because they're super passionate about it. And like, they'll do that knowing that like, they can work from anywhere and that's the life they're looking to create is like making money while they travel. Or, you know, I mean, my version of success is being able to work a 25 hour week and like that just feels really good to me and being able to like work one-on-one with other creative entrepreneurs. Like that, like that just feels really good for for me, being able mm-hmm. to take Fridays off, not having to be like super tied to one set schedule. Like all of those things make it worth it to me, but like that's going to look different for everyone. And I think we're almost fed this idea that a certain income goal equals success, yeah, right? A certain absolutely. amount of money is the thing. Like once you check that box, like once you have yeah. that 10K month, like you're successful. And I just think that's such BS because- it it, it's just like, it's going to look different for everyone. So if you're comparing yourself to someone who's working 80 hours a week and traveling the world, but that's not your version of success, like that's probably going to feel really shitty to you. Like that's probably not going to be like, not going to feel good. And, and that's not what you want anyway. So why, like, why would you try to build that? Or why would you compare yourself to that? So I think it's just super interesting to get clear on that. And that's why I always ask my clients, I'm like, what is like, what does future you look like? What, like, what yeah. do you actually want? What does success look like for you? Because that vision is going to be entirely different depending on what it is that you actually want. So I just totally like a agree. super important conversation to have. 
Yeah, and just also releasing that judgment around your definition of success. Like, I mean, for the longest time, I was working towards like having a team and making a certain amount of money and this and that. But I, I actually don't really want a team, and I just don't want to work a lot. Like, I want to spend my days mostly in nature and traveling whenever I want, and just having the flexibility of of you know managing my time like I want, which is could be very different for someone else. But yeah, asking yourself, what is my definition of success is extremely important. And also, you know, if success is not a word that resonates, it could be, what does it mean for me to be joyful or fulfilled or free? Uh, You can also start with your values and be curious about what is important to you. And eventually you kind of understand that picture. But yeah, we can just spend a lot of energy working towards uh, something we actually don't want, which is uh, weird, but (laughs) it's true. And we're both here to kindly encourage you not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you? They can find my website, changeyourlatitude.co, or my podcast, Change Your Latitude, and also find me on Instagram at Pascal Côté. I'm sure you'll uh, leave my name in the show notes. It's French. Um, yes. And I also host a free monthly creative co-working session around the full moon. So we meet as a group to work alongside each other on different projects. It doesn't have to be something artistic, but I just encourage people to create that space in their calendar every month, like a 90 minute session so that they can do something for themselves. It could be rest. It could be yoga. It could be baking cookies. People are doing very different things. It's a lot of fun. And I would just love uh, for the listeners to join us. Beautiful. All right. We'll be sure to link that up in the show notes so that they can join you there. Pascal, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're so very welcome. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Like one client who just landed a 15K project. Pro-